17 minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. We go into our wrap of uh, the uh, biggest stories in the world of business at the start of this new week. And uh, joining me uh, to uh, take a look at some of these stories is uh, independent analyst and market commentator Snesipo Manindra. Snesipo, good evening to you, Unjan. I'm good in here. I'm good. I'm man. good in here. How good. are you I'm today? Good. I'm good. I'm good, uh, no, no, I guess maybe not so good a start uh, to the week, but we can offline that one. Uh, that being said, uh, Snesipo, uh, HSBC set to cut thousands of jobs here across uh, their operations globally. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, it was only a matter of time before they realized that much of the returns are in Asia, and yet they were very personnel heavy in Europe. Basically, part of the cause. Remember, banks, people forget the, the business model of banks is banks are facilitators of transactions. So if the underlying economy is not growing, mm. top line banks don't make money. And also one of the biggest issues is that, as you know, the salaries are higher in Europe. So that is a, a cost decision where it was cheaper in Asia. Mm, mm. And, uh, you know, when you look at this, I guess also in the context of uh, much lower interest rates across the uh, across the entire globe, uh, but uh, more notably in uh, the U.S. and uh, I would venture to say in other parts of the world as well, and some of the geopolitical risks, you think about Hong Kong, you think about that uh, a trade impasse between China and uh, Beijing, that surely should muddy the water somewhat in the world of global banking. Yes, it does, because remember... The whole crisis, the biggest, one of the biggest, besides the fact that low interest rates, because remember, banks make money on margin. Mm. Lower interest rates means you lower margin. Furthermore, add to not uh, corporates not investing and not borrowing because, you know, things are tough. Mm. Mm. Uh, tough, tough. So it's quite challenging for them to actually, like, um, grow and the cost base it really boils down because the CEO even says our cost base was too high and this is on so HSBC was coming and so it was remember the Deutsche you had Standard yeah. Charge mm. Goldman Sachs all of them same problem mm-hmm. and, and, and when you look at it, I guess uh, the kind of animal that's going to emerge on the other side of uh, some of these shifts. What is that going to look like, uh, especially in light, of, I guess, of the, the new brooms coming in there, uh, a new CEO recently appointed? Uh, what shape will HSBC take after this? Uh, Janga, HSBC, I've always said old banks, it's just going to be more of the same. There is no innovation. They have not thought outside of the bank, bank the box to do any form of banking. So it's actually quite... Um, like, you know, they're not, there's no innovation. They have not changed their business model in 20 years. All they've done is decrease their cost base. Ask, ask us of what, what have they done differently? Hmm. The markets hmm. don't like derivative structures because, you know, those things go pear-shaped. You're not borrowing, no us. interest rates. Hmm. Where is it going to come from? And even look at the top line. You know, Deutsche just released results and it's more of the same. So you can already decrease costs and, you know, with the growing um, move to tech and, you know, even though the fourth industrial revolution, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, um, it's one of those things where uh, a lot of the, the tasks performed by bankers can be automated. It is mm, what it is. Mm, okay. So that's it. Well, the other thing I want us to uh, maybe take a look at here if we want to shift our attention briefly uh, away from uh, the world of global banking is uh, Dudumien. Now, 
yeah, so Alta, as a bit of context here, uh, this issue between, or the showdown between her and Alta started much earlier. And uh, as some of our listeners would be familiar with the case of BNP Capital and uh, that deal with SAA where BNP Capital said, we're going to go and raise money for you as SAA. And uh, Alta effectively stopped that, uh, the same BNP Capital that by that point had ceased to be in uh, FSP. Now, uh, they then later on decided to uh, file for a directed delinquency on the part of Kukumieni after uh, her disastrous tenure as the chairperson of uh, the National Carrier SAA. And it seems today uh, she was a no-show in court and said, unfortunately, guys, I can't afford to um, travel to the court. Okay, it's a bit suspect, but yeah, as a collab, so I wouldn't say she's broke. I wouldn't say she's broke. No, but she's saying she can't afford, bro. Like, on what basis can we can we contest that? We we don't know her finances. We I don't know. know I guess I wouldn't. But dude, though, but they were sitting young. Like, how much was her salary? This woman was not poor. She was not living in the poor house. <laughs> we may not need to know the inner details of the finances. But how the obligations has got to Tumien? You do not know. <laughs> I think none of us do. You know, you don't know obligations has got to Tumien. I think we will we'll agree to disagree on that one. Mm. So what happens What happens here if she doesn't pitch tomorrow? Uh, from what I understand, they're going to declare her delinquent in absentia because that's what they did with the former PIC directors. Yes, yeah. they, they didn't show up and, you know, you just get declared delinquent. As you know, in their delinquency, it can be brought against any stakeholder. Any stakeholder can bring it this application of delinquency. Any stakeholder. So you don't have to be within the company where this delinquency was alleged? No, you just, no, you just need to prove negligence. Hmm. <laughs> it's actually quite simple. It's, it's, that's why I love Susan Moyer's case anyway, because remember, before the companies act, only the shareholders could remove you. Uh, but now, the stakeholders, they've made it wider. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, okay. So so if she doesn't pitch tomorrow, uh, she'll then be declared delinquent. Uh, what will this mean for me, uh, her many other directorships? And uh, I guess I come back to the point you were making earlier on. I mean, if you're a director of 12 or 13 companies... Um, Pleading poverty probably isn't the smartest thing to do. But what, what will this mean for, for uh, her directorship in some of these other companies and uh, the prospects of her future involvement in any company board? Quite simple. You have to resign immediately for all of them. You, you, they either, you either resign or they remove you as a director on all the companies. You can't hold any executive position. You can't hold a directorship. You can't hold any position of governance. So... That means being a trustee. That means it's quite wide. Any government role, they they're quite it's, it's quite it's quite wide. So you can't. So you can be a shareholder or a beneficiary, but you can't hold any position of governance, and that can have um, deadly consequences. You can't still be work in a political party. <laughs> I did check that. You can. It is very. You just can't. You know. So you can be a G. Well, what's the Bad. likelihood? Just what's the likelihood of that, that happening? What is the likelihood of that happening? Asiasi, you know, Bambi, too, they surprise us all the time. Okay. Jango Tony made a comeback because he wasn't declared delinquent. So, you know, it's nice open for these things. Yeah, nah. Okay, let's pause there. Yeah. And uh, on that point of uh, political returns, because we also know that. Uh, Umama were refugees in Gapa and Jonakapa. 
uh, has also, I guess, uh, decided to make her own return. But we're not going to talk about that. Uh, we'll come back and uh, take a look at the results of clicks after this uh, break. And uh, also, uh, Ultron there, I guess, uh, continuing uh, to uh, benefit from uh, Byte's UK's dominance in uh, the software as a service space uh, in uh, the UK and then also being awarded a Microsoft license. I guess uh, Stephen van Koller must be kicking uh, himself in the face after that happened. Seven minutes it is uh, before 8pm. We continue with our wrap of uh, the top business stories at the start of this new week. And I'm joined by independent analyst and market commentator Snesipo Manenjwa for this conversation. Snesipo, uh, Ultron gets uh, Microsoft license. Uh, it pro- it's probably, the, I guess, uh, one of the most synergistic plays that have happened this year for them uh, in light of the fact of uh, their involvement in Bytes UK, which is one of the largest uh, licensees uh, for Microsoft products in the United Kingdom. Yes, you know, dude, like, you know, it's, it's it's quite a bummer about EOA to shame, like, hey, but you know, these things happen, so that obviously, um, Ultron just benefiting from luck, in all honesty, you Basically. can talk about business strategy, but in all honesty, had Microsoft not revoked EOH's license, we would not be talking about mm. the story today. Effectively, they wouldn't be shopping around for another licensee, right? Yeah, it's quite simple. Mm. Ultron was sort of like the natural choice. They've got the reach, they've got the global reach, it's a synergistic business, it fits within their timeline, they don't have any state capture drama, you know, Mm. it just, it literally is a function of luck. And I think people forget that about business. In a lot of these things, it's a function of luck, so they are poised to mop up all of those contracts that EOH held as part of their Microsoft license. So, yeah, even Shane Betunum Ganaban we'll come back we'll come back to Stephen's uh, mop up job there at EOH but I want us to take a look at what this is going to mean for or the business that Umtatonyati uh, oversees here um, especially in light of uh, their focus on you know from a business uh, to business offering uh, cloud and uh, of course uh, some of the digital transformation associated with the use of this kind of software they've said they want to be the go-to guys for anything related to Microsoft here in South Africa. Uh, what does this uh, award of this uh, license now mean for those aspirations? I oh, dude, it just signs it lock, lock in. It locks it in. It really locks it in. Because you remember, you've got Bytes as well. They've had lots of success with Bytes. The fact that they've already, one of the few SA operators that have actually made money outside of South Africa, you know, it's... Mm. it's they, you know, it just sets them up, not just only from a African perspective. It puts you up as a sub-Saharan Africa. Because even if you look at where globally where Microsoft business is actually going towards, um, they have identified the African continent as a growth as a growth node because of the fact that we have very little access. It's easy to entrench yourself and become the dominant. Uh, you sort of have a natural monopoly. Mm, 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 and you sort of ingrain yourself. So you've got to look at, oh, like I said, it literally, for me, they're going to stop wiping up all those EOH contracts because it now makes better sense. Because one of the biggest issues with EOH is that EOH is not a tech, was um, sort of like a B2B reseller. It is not a technology creator. So mm. they, they're trying to, from my understanding, that they part of their new strategy was trying to. So... You've got Microsoft now because a lot of the biggest concerns, particularly from a client perspective, was, okay, now that you no longer can offer us Microsoft, you're not a Microsoft reseller anymore, what are we going to do? And Ultron has also got the benefit of having black people, you know, 
<laughs> Wait, no. it's no, no, no. EOH you is know, a black to, company. You know, we have to say it like that. EOH is a black company. You know? It might not be a, a black African company, but it's a black company. How many black people sit on the board? I man. Snesipo, it's a black company. The marketplace is a black uh, uh, company. Uh, uh, let's go there. If you want to go there, uh, 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 if we're going to go there, let's go there. Let's take the lender card. Well, Ultron's we, Bill Fenter's company. Even for Collar. Van Collar. Van Collar. Whereas EOH is a, is a, you know, it's a company of a, a man of Indian descent. You know, the founder of the company is an Indian guy, whereas, you know, the founder of Ultron is Africana, Bill Fenter. Yes, but again, look at board membership. No, we do. Do we have to compare board decision membership? Makers. Okay, no, no, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. No, so, guys, and I think it's, and, and yes, I, as much as we, we talk about it, black ownership, for me, I keep saying black ownership without black control and black sure, leadership sure, is just frantic to me. Yeah, yeah. So or, I, or black I, operational I, involvement in many cases. Black operational. Because in non collecting board packs and board fees. Siabaz? Yeah, no, we know some of them. We, mm. we talk to some of them. We're oh. not against them. <laughs> they must secure their bag. Last one, yes, Nasipo. Uh, let's leave uh, some of those shenanigans and the, the uh, mop-up operation that Stephen von Koller has to do. And uh, maybe uh, he must come and uh, join us here one of these days for our business wrap and tell us what a Herculean task he has ahead. Clicks. They saw a strong retail performance here. And also, I guess, uh, much better than expected deal flow for the uh, medicine distributor, United Pharmaceutical Distributors. Um, and also, uh, better than expected showing for Musica. Now, many of us uh, might not be buying CDs, but it seems that uh, many of us are going back to those long play records. I remember, also, that's actually not a, like a proper assessment. Because remember, Musica did decrease their... Um, they decreased their presence, or they have shut down too. So mm. it's more to do with a cost containment and op- right-sizing of operations, specifically with Musica. The interesting one is the pharmaceutical distributor. Mm. That's where that's where the growth actually comes from. And that's where the money's been going from. The fact that Clicks has managed to be double-digit in this economy proves that those ones who claim Akomali, they're not efficient because you have to think, if you think, but if you could compare clicks results compared to this game results, this game released just a couple of weeks ago, and this game comes from a smaller base as well. So the fact that both of them have showed quite positive results and they're opening up new schools, they're expanding, they're not shrinking, gives you indication that if you play your if you play your results well and you just you do the thing to do the thing, you actually can do really, really, really well. Hmm. So this game grew by 13.5%. Clicks is expecting to grow around even more. It shows that you a lot of business, regardless of the economy, it's, I think we've talked about this, there is much to be said about doing the basics right. Hmm. Like United Pharmaceuticals, they said in the trading statement, is towards the growth came from enhanced and better managed working capital management which is very, very important. If you just literally do the basics correctly, like people like to make this sound like a higher grade exercise when it truly is doing the basics correctly. Grow where you need to grow, cut where you need to cut, manage your costs, manage your working capital cycle, and the results will flow, regardless of the economy. So you have to put it this way in perspective. The SA economy is growing at about 
one, 2%, depending on who you speak to. That means they grew seven times the rate of the SA economy. Mm-hmm. So when people say that you are, you are not, you are, the economy is challenging, it, it proves to you, have the economic performance even been better, in economic environment had even been better, we'd be seeing fire flames. And, it's literally, and this is retail. Forget this is actually retail. Let's uh, take away the yeah. pharmaceutical aspect. They yeah. are doing well within retail, which tells you that the retail sector, a lot of people's bad performance is sheer mismanagement. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have used, I guess, weak economic conditions and subdued demand uh, as a scapegoat for really bad management decisions horrible, uh, uh, you know, execution of some of the basics. And one of those is around working capital management. The other uh, is around, you know, uh, uh, cost containment. And sometimes many of these companies have had other escapades where they've gone into the UK, UK and still come back and said, no, no, South African economy, that's why we're not performing. No, but like, it, 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 it's quite, and I think we should get, clicks, discounts, sell non-essential goods. They are things you can live without. And they're doing these results. And the companies that sell the things we can't live without. Battles. Battles. This should give you an indication. They sell things that you can live without. Let's exclude the pharmaceuticals mm, because mm. they sell things that you can live without. Exactly. Let's leave it there. Like you, let's leave it there. Let's yeah. leave it there. I think, I think must come. I'm more sure because... I think that's a perfect, perfect way to end it off. Always a pleasure catching up with you, Snesipo Maninjwa. And uh, until uh, next week, uh, that there is uh, Snesipo Maninjwa, market commentator and uh, independent analyst, uh, speaking to us this evening uh, as a uh, part of our business wrap.